the World Productions. What has been heard cannot be unheard. www.vtwproductions.com The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. I don't like this place. Alive, it's alive, it's alive! Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you wish to participate in today's show, please come to the website and choose chat at the top of the page. If you have a webcam, click on chat and video to join the video wall. If you want to do IRC chat, click on chat and you can use our web-based IRC client to join in the chat during the show. If you want to email the show, the address is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch as in casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. And now... On with the show! For Sunday, the 2nd of October, 2011, this is Casually Hardcore. I am Gnomewise. I'm Iolite. I'm Dexa. And I'm Grail. And they were mocking me right before the show. Just no. What do you call that? Just, just I just was telling you what association I got from the way you rattle through the various ways they can contact us, which is awesome. I just think the option of a duck quacking would go in very well. <laughs> if you would like to, to hear a duck quack, please press six. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to hear Grail mock gnome-wise, just wait. It's going to happen no matter what. It happens all the time. Just listen. <laughs> We got you covered. Let me just uh, <coughs> get this out at the beginning of the show. I hate you all so bloody much. Mm-hmm. Okay, just for the record. Okay. Joining us as usual in IRC, Internet Relay Chat, also known as the chat room and the black void, our producer, the one and only Barry Vaughn. Barry White, save my life. If you wish to bring something to the host's attention during the show, please send your PM to the aforementioned Barry VA. And he will bring it to our attention. Do not PM the host directly during the show, as you will be summarily ignored because we're arrogant that way. Especially yeah. Daxa. Ah! Wow. Oh, so wow. Not true. <laughs> I always say hi when they... I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to answer those. You think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm watching the Black Void. I, Are you smoking crack? Uh. No. Not correct. Black Void's almost as good. No, mm. I, I, I... Kill yeah. just not. as many brain cells. It really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> speaking from a I'm place of experience. Uh, sorry. I'm just speaking here. That's just all. speaking. That's yeah. all. That's why we bring Grail along. And we, we don't call him the best color man in the industry <laughs> yeah, for nothing. That's right. But anyway, 
Welcome to this week's fine episode of Casually Hardcore, live from Versus the World Productions, VTWProductions.com. <laughs> what? You're, you're a little loopy this week. <laughs> Just what, what exactly kind of drugs did you take to numb the pain from your <laughs> iPad attack? <laughs> and now you have to tell the story. I didn't. T- I just took Advil. Uh huh. I did. It was Air quotes. Advil. No, it was Advil. Don't That's do drugs, I kids. I just am taking it like every four hours. <laughs> <laughs> and when um, iPads attack. Yes, when iPads attack, you take Advil. <laughs> I'm tell the story. Looking, looking for details here, woman. Oh, uh, my iPad hit me in the head. Uh huh. And how exactly did this come to pass? I was. Really? I don't know. What girl was playing video games or something, and I was kind of... Really? Grail? Grail? Video games? I was reading the book next to Oh, that's to right. You. He that's was all. reading the book next to me. Yeah. Dead Tree Edition, because you had claimed the iPad. That's no, right. No, it was the Kindle Edition. Kindle ah, Edition. Ah, Kindle. And um, I was just laying in bed with the Kindle, like, right in front of me. I mean, the Kindle. The iPad right in front of me, and I don't know what happened. It just slipped in and uh, kicked me in the head. <laughs> you <laughs> nodded off to sleep. <laughs> And drop oh the iPad on God. your own forehead. Let me tell you, the iPad One guys is really heavy. Yeah, <laughs> it is thirty-three percent heavier than the iPad Two. That's it's right. Very heavy, yeah. and when it hits your head going that fast, it makes a very interesting sound, and it hurts quite a bit. So very interesting sound. Yeah, you have to trademark that as the eye crunch. The yeah. eye <laughs> crunch. Or the eye thud. There you go. <laughs> it sounded more like a crunch. Yeah. <laughs> It sounded more like I and then whatever four-letter word you want to add. <laughs> Daxa, what is your favorite curse word? <laughs> I bet you the iPad knows. Exactly. It does. You so. son of a bitch. Your mother was a blender. Uh, and your father smelt of elderberries. I was going to stick it in the blender after this. Yes. Will it blend? <laughs> Will it blend? We already know that. That is the question. Yes. As I bet it would. That's I smoke. So. Don't breathe that. But luckily, yeah, the iPad did uh, stand up well against Max's face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My face did not break. It, it the continued iPad. to work with no noticeable uh, flaws now, or defects. Interestingly enough, I have done that as well. <laughs> Just so you know, I did not catch myself in the forehead. It fell forward onto me and and hit me right in the top lip and gave myself a fat lip. Yeah, see, well, I had a. I it had hurts a, when it falls on your face. <laughs> not on my head. I can still feel it where the knot was. There's oh. this huge. Yeah, it was horrible. I, I've had a headache since last Tuesday. <laughs> oh, oh, you gotta feel sorry for that guy. Yes, yes, you must. Well, since but <laughs> we are talking about. When tablets attack. Yes. When and we also actually already, you already said the secret word of the day, which was Kindle, mm. because our friends at Amazon now have the Kindle Fire. Yeah. Yes. And what is the Kindle Fire? It's like flaming. It's like flaming. <laughs> <laughs> is it a fashion statement? <laughs> is it lighting its loafers? <laughs> no, come on. Yeah, you guys were giving me crap for not recognizing a movie reference. Movie uh-huh. reference of that. I didn't hear it. It's, it's like, like flaming. flaming. Nope, don't got it. <laughs> Caddyshack, Bill Murray. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. All the crap given for not getting the airplane reference. Right. You guys yeah. are missing Caddyshack. So, I'm same boat club right here. Yeah, well, all the same boat. Give me some context. Where was that from? Which you mean, section? He goes, you mean like Flaming? When uh, Chevy Chase, I believe, is talking to him about mm-hmm. getting the gopher. And okay. Yeah, it's at that scene where he's building the bombs right. to, to get him out. And, and they're... Yeah. 
At some cannibal. point, he cannibal. says, "Yeah, yeah, exactly." Like, in there, it's in that scene somewhere. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Cool. So, so the Kindle Fire. Kindle Fire. Kindle Fire is seven-inch multi-touch yep. display with Wi-Fi. Their entry into the tablet world and probably the first and only serious contender to the iPad because tablet light though it's not well they're yeah. they're yeah, not tablet, trying yeah. to go yeah. head to head with the iPad no wisely yes. Yeah. They've picked their own niche. Yeah, they've tried to find the niche of all the people who lust after an iPad but can't justify 500 bones. Right. So and really lust after it for media consumption. Yep. That's their Which is focus. one of the things that it is the best at. Right. And so, so to see this come through, oh, that would be awesome. Well, seven inch instead of ten. Right. And no cameras, no microphone. Right. So it won't be good for any kind of right. Skype or anything like that. It'll be mm-hmm. basically... Shopping at Amazon.com. Sure. Playing the stuff from your Amazon SkyDrive. Um, oh, of course, it give you unlimited storage up oh, there. Of course. Um, the Amazon streaming movie service, of course, support for Netflix and Hulu and all those right. other guys because it's Android-based, so it'll yeah. run the yeah. thousands of Android apps such as they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a long way to come on the Android Marketplace. Yeah. 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 But the big ones are there. You can get Angry Birds. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Angry Walmart. Birds, well. Plants vs. Zombies. Plants you can yeah. Get, yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah. But it'll do all the stuff you want a tablet to do. You surf the internet with Flash. Right. Because Android supports Flash kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all the good and bad that that entails. And right. email and you know, all the major apps Excuse me, that you might uh, be interested in. But the big deal is one ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah. Huge. No, it's yeah. just one ninety nine. Even. Oh, excuse on, me. I'm on the site right now. Yeah. Must Amazon that extra ninety nine cents? Wow. Yeah. That extra ninety nine cents. Well, now I'm buying one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that extra, extra ninety nine cents though. Made all iPad. the difference. <laughs> um, <Would> or <laughs> no, actually, does absolutely nothing for me because all it did was take the iPad that I'm still not super happy with and downgrade it. What are you missing from the iPad? I, uh, the fact that when I want to go to a site and buy tickets and it uses anything other than what they wanted to use, I can't buy tickets for certain things. Flash is still not working on, well, because yep. remember, we have iPad 1. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it doesn't work on 2 yeah. either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so, iOS devices will never support Flash. I, I want to be able to, like, write a decent Word document on there. It's you not know. what it's meant no, for. I know, exactly, which is why it's not for me. Yep. There is, you know, Which is why I kicked they, my butt. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> it rejected you. Exactly. You need to take an anti-iPad rejection drug. <laughs> What'd you say? Bow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah. So I think in Dax's case, though, she's more looking for a, a, a almost computer light. Mm-hmm. She's looking for something mm-hmm. that she can do word processing on. Mm-hmm. In that regard, but more tablet. We've seen we saw it Fry's the other day an Asus, the Asus that tablet really that has the slide out keyboard yep. to it. The transformer yeah. is an interesting yeah. bridge device. It's a it's it's you know, it's it's yeah, it's getting to that point where is it a netbook, is it a tablet, you know, where does it where does that fall or what right. niche is that in? And is there really a niche for that? I mean, because there, there's a line I cross that solidly suddenly I go from the tablet can do it to I need a computer. Right. So if I need to do extended remote desktop sessions or something like that, it's mm-hmm. like gotta crack open the netbook. Sure. See, um, but you're way out. You're way further on the on the computer side than I am. I want a computer light, really. A netbook. But, yeah, but I don't want to carry something that heavy in my purse. Have you seen modern netbooks? Yeah, and I don't want the screen to be this tiny. Either. Uh, you can't have. Uh, yeah. What you want <laughs> doesn't exist and actually, can't exist. Actually, the Asus tablet that had that little pull-out keyboard mm-hmm. was pretty darn good. From a hardware standpoint, but yeah. you said you wanted to do word processing. It had a word processing. Um, it says it's a word processor, but if you're used to Microsoft Word, mm-hmm. 
that ain't it. It was well, exactly yeah. like it. It had underline. It had all. Yeah, the she's looking for it's the rudimentary text. Editor. Rudimentary, rudimentary text. Yeah. Then, then yeah, that will probably be a very good fit. Yeah. So well, I mean, we'll see. It depends where you go, but I mean, I think the the Amazon device is interesting just because it's so affordable comparatively. Exactly. Well, the, the companies, the, the people who like to go and buy these devices and do the teardowns and, mm-hmm. and do the adding up of each individual component's cost have already pretty much determined that Amazon is losing money on every single one of those. Oh, well. Really? $199, they, they say it probably, by their estimates, and these guys apparently do this for a living, yeah. it costs about $210 a piece minimum to manufacture. Uh, so Amazon's obviously approaching this as a we, much like Apple does, except for Apple has their cake and eats it too. They make a profit on the hardware and make a ton of profit off yeah. the App Store. Yeah. Amazon's approaching it from the, we're not going to worry about making money on the hardware, but we're going to get them all addicted to our services. Well, I think Amazon, I mean, there's, there's precedence or precedence that's been set. Um, the original Xbox did the same thing. Right. Microsoft basically said, we need to break into the market, yep. so we're going to take a loss on the hardware and figure that over time, the you know improvements, microization, whatever comes along, these parts are going to get cheaper and we'll eventually start right. turning a profit. We'll and by then, we'll have, we will a, own base. Our market we'll have a base. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Amazon's probably taking much the same approach. Right, right. I'm really looking forward to actually getting hands on one of these things just to mm-hmm. feel the quality of it. Because yeah. what will really make or break it, I mean, if it feels as responsive and as well-built as an iPad, right. I think they've got a winner on their hands. Oh, for sure. Um, November 15th, they start shipping. You can start ordering them now. Yep. Um, They're available for pre-order. Reserve your place in line, they course, say. Orders are priorities serve. on a first-come, first-serve basis. Now, the display in looking at it, uh, the Kindle Fire Display is chemically strengthened to be 20 times stiffer and 30 times harder than plastic, making it extra durable and resistant to accidental bumps and scrapes. So it, it still sounds like it's a um, it still sounds like it's a plastic display, though. Right. It still sounds like it's not not. But if it's touch based, mm-hmm. it is. is it capacitance yes, it or is, is it passive touch? It's not resistive. It's the good one. Okay, so it's the good one. So do you think it's going to feel like an iPad, which is feels like a glass cover? Yes. Or it's, okay, I mean, it's it's coming from basically the same. There's a very small number of companies that actually produce these capacitive touch screens. <laughs> yeah, so the materials in this it. is really neat. Yeah, and they're getting better. And better. the reason these are becoming more affordable that that big piece is getting less and less expensive to right. manufacture without defect. So. As far as the feel of the surface, it's going to feel just like a pane of glass. Nice. But the big thing is is how responsive is the software underneath that? Because right. that's been a killer on a lot of the low-end tablets up until now is an incredibly laggy response. Mm. Sure. Or not, they're not even that laggy, but it's just enough Did that you when you compare it? it to the iPad, it's like, yeah. nope, it's not yeah. good enough. Yeah. So if they've... Uh, and I trust Amazon to have sunk the, re- the money into money the too. development to make it good. But we'll, we don't, until we get our hands on one, we won't know. But on right. paper... This looks fairly exciting and is the first real competition in the tablet industry, which can only result in better things. So I, I, if the fire takes off, Apple can either sit pretty and say, fine, we will just camp out here at the high end and continue selling the high end, or they will put a competitor in the lower end and we'll see iPad Lite or something. Right, yeah. right. Uh, <clears throat> to be determined. Have yeah. you seen the – have you actually touched the, the new Sony S? Mm-mm. Oh, it is. Talk about responsive. That thing is really responsive. And I only got to play with it just a little tiny bit because it was at Fry's and they didn't have internet connectivity on it. So you couldn't really do anything on the internet, but you could like move things around and play the music they had on there and the Mm built-in stuff. It's really neat. Plus, it also um, is wedge-shaped. So when you set it down the table, it's already automatically at a little angle. So you're not... You don't need a fancy cover or stand or anything. 
partially what was overshadowed uh, by the announcement of the fire was the announcement of a whole bunch of new Kindles as well. Mm-hmm. And they've actually got, uh, finally, combined touchscreen with electronic paper. Right. So you now have versions of the Kindle that are just screen. Yeah, no buttons. They have a version that you know, fits in your back pocket, yeah. and, but still hasn't sacrificed screen size to do it. And they have uh, broken the $100 barrier. Right. So they have one that's below $100, advertising supported. Right. Mm-hmm. If you want to go with one that has no ads, you're still slightly over 100 but they're all hovering around the $100 mark. Right. So the you know best-selling anything ever on Amazon, the Kindle, uh, they haven't abandoned that in favor. The Fire is going to be their tablet, which, of course, will have a Kindle app in it for reading the e-books. But it's, if you want the e-paper, the e-ink, mm-hmm. um, there's still a whole bunch of new choices. And they're retaining... The versions that have the keyboards on them for people who like to use them to annotate and yeah, I like the such. keyboard because that's what I do a lot. Yeah. Right, so they're not abandoning that; they're just giving more choices. But the price is just edging down incrementally, mm-hmm. where I assume they're going to continue to rule the ebook market. Oh yeah, just because you can realistically make the argument to have a tablet and a Kindle when it's eighty nine ninety nine bucks. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is that much easier on your eyes and that much lighter, and you know, battery life. On a, on a Kindle, forever. well, because the e-ink yeah. is so well designed, yeah. right. purpose built for oh my god, battery life. So I mean, they even put the the iPad and such to shame battery life wise, because but they also do that much less as right. well. Yeah. Right. So good on you, Amazon. Be interesting to see how this pans out for this you know over this holiday season. If it is the the big nerd gift to get for people, if they can keep up with it production wise, right? Or if this will be something we look back at and. And say, hey, remember when we thought that Kindle Fire was going to be the next Dude. big something? <laughs> no. We were wrong. And then they shoved them all into a landfill right next to the ET cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's well, just one. make sure if you have electronics like that that you're not sending them to the landfill. Please recycle. Yes. <laughs> There's actually components in there that we can take out and, and, and not have to find all those rare earths and dig up the ground anymore. Yeah. So Details. Yeah, yeah. Please recycle your electronics. I'm glad we have a big recycler in town here because I'm constantly harvesting mm-hmm. dead electronics from my clients. I make regular visits down to uh, RecycleInArizona.com, free plug. Um, <laughs> West Tech Recycling with their monster grinding machine that is just so much fun to watch operate. It's not funny. I bet. It just eats hard drives and turns them into powder. Butch does? They, they have this enormous grinder oh, that okay. yeah. chews yeah. up, you know, Things like cases right, and hard drives, right. and just shreds them into you know chunks of metal about one inch square. Like very cool. <laughs> I have to get me one of them. Nice. <laughs> this is the only way to clean your hard drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like data pretty production. sure, pretty sure we wouldn't be able to get that back. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of part of the point. Um, oh my goodness. So, yeah, this week was odd for me. Well, you were mere inches from uh, something that. In hindsight, we probably should have attended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know what was going on when I arrived yeah, there. Things have been crazy, so I wasn't really paying attention to the old conference schedule, so I missed it. So, but you had gone up to the I, Denver area. Yeah, I went up to a I went up to a design conference. I hadn't been to one before, and I was reminded brutally that I'm an engineer by training and by thinking, um, because these sessions gave me headaches. Um, My brain hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really tired of hearing about the process, okay? I really just don't want to hear about the process anymore. Let's talk anymore. about the process. And, um, and it was really funny. Anyway, it's really good. I have two, two funny stories to tell. The, the first one, 
was the fact that while my conference was very small and some lots of really, really smart people there, really good conference, um, it was in the hotel that I was staying in, which was the Hyatt in uh, Denver. But the right across the street from me is the Denver Convention Center. And at the Denver Convention Center, they had the GB, GABF, the Great American Beer Festival. Very cool. While I was there. And I wasn't there. It's sad. Six thousand beers brought in by the microbreweries and everybody else and individual brewers and everything yeah, this is, this for homebrew contest and for tasting wow. so everything you could possibly want to taste to, until your liver screams for mercy shrivels up and dies the liver is evil it must be punished and um so there were people I, it took me two days to figure out what was going on because i kept hearing people singing along the sidewalk outside the hotel and i couldn't figure out why they were Denver's singing such a happy place. and then <laughs> no kidding. and then people would walk by with these these uh twine necklaces on and hanging from the twine necklaces were these just regular size um pretzels mm-hmm. in and so they had these you know like here's 200 pretzels on a necklace around there and so Basically, uh, you know, you'd eat a pretzel off your necklace and palate palate. cleanser and stuff before you went on to your next beer. And you could kind of tell people who had fewer pretzels were stumbling a little bit more than people (laughs) who had more pretzels on their necklaces. Um, But, yeah, people were coming through into the hotel who were obviously staying at the hotel, and they would have these little little beer-shaped medals on in in gold, silver, or bronze. Because they had won in a category. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Cool. And so they were talking about, yes, I I, I won in the pale ale category. And it's like, you know, it's it's like... it, oh, it was really, really funny. Cool. And, uh, yes, by the by the last evening, uh, several of them were saying, "All right, I have to stop." I, I, <laughs> I was like, "I got a liver and a kidney down. I just gotta stop at this point. I can't do anymore." Single remaining kidney. <laughs> no! Yeah. So. So it was really, um, yeah, it was really an interesting conference. Um, also for the surroundings. But the other funny story is I, I met an individual who I, I went to a, a work session called Digital Culture. It's a workshop. Really, really smart people sitting in a room. And these they're from all over the world. And they're talking about digital culture. They're talking about mm-hmm. the impact of digital culture and digital natives versus digital immigrants and blah, 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 kind blah, blah. Kind of thing we're doing right now. All of this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We and are digital culture. We yeah. are. Woo. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> And there was a guy there who is a very, very smart man, um, but he was talking, he did an entire session on uh, video games and the digital culture of video games, and he started using examples from World of Warcraft. <laughs> and of course, I've never met him before. He's, again, very, very smart man. But does he play? No. Then how and how he, he speak about it? And he got his examples... Wrong. (laughs) And it was one of those moments where I was sitting there and I'm brand new and I'm trying to join this group of people. It's really important that that I join these, that I make good connections here. And I'm biting my teeth and biting my lip. And I'm just like, I cannot believe he just described twinking like that. That is not what twinking is. (laughs) So it it was really funny. He was really sweet when I talked to him about it afterwards. And I asked him, I said, did do you play? Go, yeah. And he said no. And I said, well, I played for six years. <laughs> and let me 
tell you a couple things. <laughs> yeah, for your <laughs> next so we, presentation. So, <laughs> so I described. There are and no he's actual like, more in the in game. The game. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there is. The yeah, game. there is now. <laughs> there is now. <laughs> but it's not a playable race. Yeah, and he had. Um, yeah. So he was really, really sweet and really kind about it. But it was just one of those moments where it was funny because he was, as I said, really smart. But then to hear him get it all wrong, I was like, really? If you're going to talk about gaming culture... You should probably know something about gaming culture. You should or at be, least a specific I'm, game. I'm sorry, but you yeah. really, as much as possible, you should be a gamer. <laughs> I think that it's really hard to, um, to talk about gaming culture if you don't actually game regularly. And even then, like, I would never go in and try and talk in, in, as an authority about first-person shooters yeah. and what the culture is like in a first-person shooter well, or the I mean, multiplayer because that's not what I play. You consider the people go I'd go and ask Grail. Yeah. <laughs> or Aridin, really. Or, yeah, or Grail's son. They <laughs> think scientists and sociologists. Teabagging. That's the culture. <laughs> <laughs> In case you're wondering. <laughs> I have Sprite up my nose. Thank you so much for that. Oh, God, that hurt. <laughs> Tingling in the back of the sinuses. Crouch, then stand. Crouch, then stand. Crouch, then stand. <laughs> Work on those two buttons. Oh, my. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at where, where Aridin has calluses most. It's between those two buttons. Yeah. yeah. Boom, 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 okay. boom. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, Don't you guys kids. No, it really, the reality is that when you're talking about gaming culture, you really should be a gamer, in my opinion. Well, it, I mean, I was going to say, it, you it, consider sociologists go out and study remote, isolated tribes and then come back and present authoritatively on them. That's probably how they're treating gamers. We are like a tribe that they're studying from the outside. But, <laughs> I mean, no, those, those sociologists would uh, immerse themselves Some, in the Sometimes, yeah. sometimes not. Yeah, the, the sometimes not kind of suck, though, usually. I mean, <laughs> usually that's where they get wrong facts. It's, it's, yeah, the whole, exactly. it's the whole prime directive thing. You know, we're supposed to interfere with their culture because by being there, you're changing it. Right. But anyway, right. I, I, the, so, they're, they're trying to study it from the outside, which is inherently problematic. Well, it just means that you're not going to understand the things that you see uh, um, from, you know, from experience perspective. Yeah. So it was, it was really interesting to, to kind of listen to them talking about gaming and um, talking about creating. Uh, he didn't want to call it serious games because he didn't want to be in. He didn't want to do any medical or right. excuse me, any military games. He didn't want to oh, okay. do that. He wanted to do what he described as humane games. And I'm like, and... World of Warcraft. Craft. <laughs> there is war in the title. Well, what the yeah, hell so is it was... supposed to do, you moron? That's it. So I was just picturing the fact that these would have to be like therapeutic games and things that people would yeah. would like take as, as part of some sort of serious regime rather than something that someone would choose to play. I, I would say real quick though, back on the point of the the socialists going or mm-hmm. uh, you know going to investigate like a tribe in the Amazon. That's a little different when that person comes into that tribe because obviously that just doesn't normally happen. There's just this you know guy here who's never been living in the jungle. In gaming and come though, from Sky City, join our tribe. In gaming though, it is part of the culture to have people that are new to gaming come in. They're called noobs <laughs> or noobs or right WTF noob <laughs> right. <laughs> or Ever. But, I mean, play, but it was still that's still part of the culture. That's still a piece of it. So yeah. I mean, I think it's it's much easier to get in there than it would be. Yes. Look up hazing ritual. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Man, have another. Oh my. Gosh, yeah. Yep. 
So anyway, as I said, it was really interesting to listen to these conversations and, and, and have these people discussing these, these topics very seriously around me and realize exactly how smart they are and exactly how much I just want to sit them down in front of a console or a laptop or a desktop and say, no, no, play this for 30 hours and then come back and talk. Dead. Is that right. your brain? <laughs> and until you've actually played it for 30 hours, I really don't want to talk about it again. So, yes, once, once you've got the, the shivers and the twitches, then, then we can talk. Right. Once, right. once your hand is still moving on the buttons when you're trying to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> or you have the tunnel vision. Oh, yes. that was the worst. <laughs> oh, man. When we played Duke Nukem, I used to Duke get Nukem that and Doom. tunnel vision mm-hmm. and Doom. Yeah. Oh, my God. I used to play Doom over, you know, the, the 14-4 modem. Yeah. Uh-huh. Rocking it yes. hardcore. And we played through all of Doom 2, me and a, a friend of mine in college. And we were like, oh, we're so hungry. We, we played like 30 levels of deathmatching. Let's go Subway. And we went there and literally like the entire Subway is like on a, you know, it was <laughs> like in a Subway. There was like this tunnel going yeah. by. Everything was in motion. And, you know, that's when we had the words like, you know. The real world's kind of in low resolution. Lousy <laughs> <laughs> pixel count. This dude. is terrible. <laughs> All right, that brings us neatly up to our first break. You are listening to Casually Hardcore. Yes, Nerds on Parade, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Our RSS feed is created and maintained by JitBit RSS feed creator. Check them out on the web, www.jitbit.com, or follow the link from the left-hand side of our front page. We have an episode here of Northrend News from the one and only Amelia Overbay Day. This is episode, holy crap, 68. Yay! Yay! Brewfest interlude. We'll be back right after this. This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. Welcome to Northrend News, a proud partner of Casually Hardcore on btwproductions.com. In today's top story, Brewfest activities nearly grind to a halt after a surprise strike by the Azerothian Keg Pony Union. Formed just moments after the year's first adventurer purchased their keg pony in a drunken stupor, the AKPU is demanding equal pay, shorter working minutes, and free bags of oats for all working keg ponies, and have vowed to close down all Brewfest bartering and ticketed activities until conditions improve. The strike comes as a blow for Brewfest organizers, who have stated that they only wanted to add an additional vanity item to attract adventurers to the traditional holiday. 
But AKPU spokesmayors say that the Brewfest committee should have consulted them before binding all cake ponies to three minutes of working time per half hour and neglecting to paint fill limits on the keg barrels to prevent pony backaches. The AKPU has gained traction in Thunderbluff and Stormwind thanks to a crowds of supporters from the Horde and Alliance who have dubbed themselves Honies and Alpies, respectively. But Brewfest Grand Brewer Hagar Twin Tankards has vowed revenge against the Union and its supporters, declaring, The depths of BRD will seem like a cool breeze compared to where I'm sending ye. Muradin Bronzebeard has issued a statement calling for peace and cooperation among the Brewfest organizers and the AKPU, and asked both sides to come to terms by 6 o'clock this evening in an effort to prevent further disruptions to Brewfest. Mr. Bronzebeard is backed by endorsements from Moira Thorissian, who has threatened to turn all of Ironforge into a police state if a compromise isn't reached, and by Gelwin Mechatork, who has offered to use his gnomish world enlarger on any would-be troublemakers. In response, the AKPU had this to say. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Mm-hmm. Dot com. And I had time to fetch a frosty brown beverage. And forgot to bring me mine. But that's Yum. okay. She did ask for one. Priorities. You're a yeah. horrible <laughs> husband. I did. I did <laughs> ask for one. <laughs> I'm a bad, bad man. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Apparently, I'll be right back. Talk you better about drown, your, <laughs> drown your sorrows in your, uh, brown be- beverage. In your brown beverage. In your brown beverage there. Oh, man. Oh. So... Gaming-wise? Yes. This is the gaming segment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we had... Uh, um, it's a little quiet right now, but they did release the Battlefield 3, thinking about first-person shooters. Yeah. The open beta has begun on PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. So mm-hmm. you can hop in and play the one map they allow you to play, which is a metro station where it takes place in an outside park area. It's a rush map, so if you haven't played Battlefield at all, rush means you basically are... One team is tasked with destroying certain points, and as if they destroy the two points within the allotted time limit, they get to move to the next two points until they basically clear the map. Uh, the other mm-hmm. team, of course, is meant to defend. So you're able to play through this. starts off in a park, goes down into the underground subway area, and then eventually uh, goes outside to uh, the exit of the subway area into like a uh, city-type uh, setting. Really beautiful graphics. If you have any of the three systems, which if you're listening to this show, you probably have a PC at least. But maybe a Mac. It's possible. It can happen. So, But if you have the means, I would definitely say uh, pick up the demo. Give it a try. It's a lot of fun. It's very different from if any. If you have the means, I highly, I highly recommend, recommend picking, picking one up. up. I always love it when you say that, yep. Grail, because it immediately makes me think Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the means. Yeah. Improved, it is so choice. They improved a lot from the alpha that I played in. They actually like the clipping in the game speed. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of brutal, though. Like There's some people out there that have like been playing it religiously, so you'll go in there and you're like, wow, how's this guy level 20? I'm like level 1, and every game I'm only getting a teeny bit of experience you you have a life. Yeah, there. Well, mm. I mean, there's people that are very, very good at it. So. Let's go back to that show title again. Yeah. Casually hardcore. <laughs> Let's remember that why we picked that title. Oh yeah. So oh. the Black Void uh, has a message for you, uh, girl. Noob. 
Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. It's definitely mm. the next game of the slew of games coming out that Shloop. I'm looking forward to. What um, is the definition of a slew? Slew? Yeah. I don't know. More how than you, five. How do you even spell slew? S-L-E-W. I was actually, I was on that mindset yeah. today, too. I was like, how do you do, how did we get goody two-shoes? I forgot who I was talking about. Heinz Ward. He got arrested for DUI, and I said, he was always such a goody two-shoes. And how do you get, how do you, Where does how, that actually come from? Where does that phrase, that colloquialism come from? I actually looked it up. Because I was <laughs> like, do, do bad boys a, only wear one shoe? What was going on there? It's from a nursery story that was told in like 1795 that they're not sure who the author was. But in there, there's a little girl who's an orphan. And she's so poor, she only has one shoe. And eventually, she gets two shoes. And so she decides to be really good. And eventually, she ends up marrying some wealthy widower. And, but that's where the phrase came from. Is she, she kept talking about the fact she had two shoes. And she was so good, they referred to her as Goody, Goody Two Shoes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Strange so, things that infect re- our social real Yeah, everything up, let me tell you. <laughs> well, I have the iPad, which has been, you know, in my care now because it viciously attacked Daxa. And Daxa, do I need to remind I you? don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Big deal. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So never well, forget that you. woman. Thank you. You've been educated. On yeah. Goody two shoes. Exactly. It's a little known flack. <laughs> I'll go to my uh, Cliff Clavin uh, routine. <laughs> it's a little known fact. But, yeah. Well, goody two shoes developed. Yeah. <laughs> so I was moving into the next topic. Anyways, uh, aside from that, yeah. uh, Dax has been playing a crap ton of Dead Island. But you you yeah. wrested it from your son's cold hands. I did. And how is it? It's really good, actually. Um, since Gnome and I are completionists, I'm going to tell him about that, this cool little app for the iPad, which okay. now I can't use because, you know, it attacked me. But um, there's this app that they made for Dead Island for the maps where you can actually, it has everywhere where there's um, video, not videotapes, audio tapes that you find. And then there's ID cards that you find. You click on it and mm-hmm. it turns it a different color. So you can say, I have found that one. I have found that one. I have found that one. Cheating. It's really cool. No, I mean, I don't use it to go look them up, but when I find it, I click check it, it so I know. I it's a basic checklist. Yeah. yeah. And they, they had that for, like, Bioshock as well. There's a website that provided it. But it's surprising yeah. more game apps aren't coming out for the iPad that will tie into an actual, you know, game on a console or a PC. Well, I'm really curious to see with, I think, Titan, you know, whatever, whatever Titan within Blizzard's development mm-hmm. turns mm-hmm. out to be what level of external integration they're going to sport on that thing. Because they've definitely experimented with it in the form of the mobile auction house. They've they've kludged it on to their existing game. I'm looking for the next next generation of especially MMOs to really start bridging that gap to smart devices and have it be a component Mm -hmm. of gameplay. Sure. Sure. While you're gaming, it performs some, some function for you as well as won't let you get away from the game yeah. and bring yeah. you stuff while you're out in the I, world or let you continue to play to a limited extent. I, I have larger dreams. Larger dreams? <laughs> larger dreams than that. You're going to try and kill us all. No. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> my dream is actually, and it came out of that conversation that I had, mm-hmm. is the idea of integrating in not only the, uh, the, the, the true kind of potential of the choose-your-own-adventure database where it, it creates cho- you know choices that the players can have unique experiences but then also integrate some a life evolutionary algorithms in the ai so you can actually have a virtual gm so it builds your story for you custom to you 
based on the things that you have done and Skynet. is able to track that. Skynet. Exactly. That's too close to scary. <laughs> see, see, everybody goes, that's and, why and I said you, I might be killing us. I really, could. I could be killing us. Do you really want to base your AI on a dungeon master? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the no cruelest. Kidding. Absolutely. Most, uh, heartless being known to man. Whose with, entire goal is to? Destroy you. Exactly. Graphically. <laughs> while laughing. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. as you roll, see, you the guys have dice. obviously had really, really horrible GM GM experiences. DM experiences. Uh, I think is we've that, had standard GM experiences. Okay. okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is they all go the power. Yeah. I would just like yeah. to say, and I mean, we won't give anything away because this will be coming up on Dice Check. But we did our role playing session, Dax mm-hmm. and I, with Ursi, mm-hmm. and he ran us through. And at the beginning of the game, he goes, "Well, really, this it doesn't matter much if you have a character sheet or not for this one because I'm going to kill you anyway." So, it was like that's and that's a pretty typical line yeah, from any yeah, DM. Yeah. So. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so no, okay. I don't want to base it on that particular right, right. like psychological well, profile. Then. I, I know why DMs get that way though, because I remember the story of I don't remember who was DMing. I'm not sure if you were present, but we had the DM had prepared this whole. And it was basically an aircraft. Carrier. Oh no! Oh. I, I heard. I've heard this story yes. a million times. That yeah. they that the team is going to have to battle their way through the multiple levels to get to the ultimate goal. And just at the outset, one of the player characters just shot a massive fireball at it and like quadruple critted and sank it. Yeah. And he's like holding this three ring binder that held all the details of the aircraft carrier and just threw it aside. And said, "Okay, <laughs> like, there's three days worth of prep down the drain. I'm going to kill you all now." <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you got to plan for it. You can't give your characters that level of power and then set them against an aircraft carrier that can't handle that level of power. Well, it was was, was a combination of also didn't didn't foresee them trying it and also a really lucky series of roles. Yeah. Oh, that was a one in a million, yeah. Yeah, and that's what can happen. That's what drives DMs over the edge. As, as Missing No says. Think they can guide the, the party. The party yeah. has other, other ideas mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Right. But, but anyway. So yeah. we had that um, good old games hit their yes. six millionth download. Yeah. Um, if you haven't, I mean, unfortunately, this window's closed, but they gave away a copy of Broken Sword, the first one, as a free game you could download nice. for, because that happened. Plus, somebody, whoever downloaded the six millionth game got the entire catalog. Library. Nice. Which That's people are like, awesome. you got to post p- pictures of your bookshelf because when you go on yeah. there, your games are lying on this bookshelf. They're like, we want to see it in order. <laughs> <Bring> <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh my God. So, but, but, you know, past week they had finally put all their D&D games on sale. So I got the entire D&D collection off there and I just reinstalled uh, Baldur's Gate, the first one, which is classic. That's where Dragon Age and a lot, a slew of games really got their um, right. ideas from. Well, her, the whole yeah, third the original person of- party yeah. view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Baldur's, kinda- Baldur's Gate is kind of the granddaddy of Oh, yeah. It's yeah. really yeah. massively popular based on actual D&D rules. rules. Yeah. Yeah. Second yeah. edition and then I can't remember. I think two is still second. Baldur's Gate two is second edition as well. But eventually it moves into third and then 3.5. So, yeah. it's uh, But, yeah, it was a good good deal. I mean, nine games or ten games for like 32. Four bucks. Amen. Pretty solid. That's really, really exciting. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I did have some of those moments. You know, it's like eleven million players worldwide in World of Warcraft. That's more than twice the population of Finland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was really quite funny. 
Um, I did the results of the surveys and all the requests and my own evaluation are in, by the way, and I, I am going to play Bioshock. Yes. That's a good game for and, you. And well, honey has to go shopping today. Yes. It's good, yeah. It's so. a good game for you. Are you going to do it on the PC or on the PlayStation? Uh, PC, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think I'd be more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Hmm, very cool. branch out into... Don't well, know. I'll have to Don't see. You have to give yeah. us a report on how you like it. Well, I suppose I. I mean, if I do it, well, no, it's not really age appropriate for Nemesis. I'm thinking. No, so, no, 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 no. It's kind of scary. So mm. then I definitely yeah. want it on the PC because if it's on the big TV and he happens to wander into the room, it's all done. So. Yeah. What is the guy with the big drill doing to the little girl? <laughs> <laughs> Extracting. Bow Wow, Jesus. <laughs> Like what are you yeah. saying? Holy! Play the game, fuck. you'll find out. And then, um, big brothers and little sisters—that's all I have to say. And then big the cops, big daddies, and little sisters. Yeah. They don't do—they don't do take the drills to the little girl. No, just a huge syringe gun when you go to, to extract Adam. That the little girl takes that to a corpse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a big deal. But that doesn't sound as bad as like the big guy going to take his drill <laughs> to the little girl. girl. What? <laughs> when does that happen? The poster. Bio sexy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Bio violation anyway. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Biomed Power Alchemist truck. says Ioshock 2011. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh no. Oh, well, oh. hopefully I'll make it through the game. We'll see. I'm I'm excited to see it. I'm told it's an incredible story. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. Definitely something that that will fill the time until the release date of. Star Wars. December 20th, baby. Yeah. Which we had. I don't know if you guys got this, but oh, yeah. earlier in the Oh, the week, erroneous email? emails, yeah. <laughs> I got the, I got I the, the apology like, email, too. I just got the, you know, thanks for participating in the beta. We hope you had a great time. Um, and then I got another email. Here, please tell us a survey about the, what, you, what you saw and play. I'm like, I, I didn't play anything. I didn't I get any beta invite. What the hell? I'm going through my junk mail looking. And then, you know, <laughs> BioWare reacted very quickly and said, uh, our bad. We kind of sent that out. To we everyone. meant to send it to like a small small base probably the folks that took place in the last uh, big weekend and they accidentally sent out to pretty much everyone that yeah. had registered an account on their site apologized and said yes we're still doing the beta weekends and uh, this isn't going to affect your eligibility for it at all it was really funny <laughs> to see it was really funny to see those emails i was i was taking a look at them going but what yeah. I, oh that has to be an error cuz i haven't gotten any e- oh there's the i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> Well, that was so annoying because it happened right while we were doing um, the Ursi sh- show. Yeah, and I looked over at my computer and I saw that, and I said, "What is that?" And I put, and I, well, I go, uh, uh, "Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> so one more reason to listen to Difficulty Check Second Edition this week uh, <laughs> is to catch Dax going. Hey, here, here, Daxa, hyperventilate on the air. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't get an invite. What are you talking about? It was so bad. But yeah, but it'll be a good game for you. It's it is kind of scary. It does tend to make you jump a little. It's it's a great story. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. My favorite. That's why my fantasy league is named Big Daddy Blue Orchids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you kindly? Anyway. Yes, yes, exactly. So. Would you kindly lose this week, Keith? Please, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody dominating your league is he? No, no, but I'm playing him, and all my players are in the hospital. So oh. I'm like backups of my backups are playing. It's hardly so. his fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. You, you just chose people who don't get injured. <sighs> so hard this year. Everyone's injured this year. This I a- mean, just today, some guy was running. Nobody was touching him. And he falls down and leaves for the, the entire game. Huh, honey? Who was he? The Texas? Yeah, it was Texas. my... My receiver. (laughs) My receiver. He's one of mine. He can't 
even run successfully. Yeah. No, my God. My second week in a row watching one of my, like, premier players go, uh, like, not even touched. <laughs> no like, they just fall on the turf, and you're like, why? Did someone, did someone just dart him? Yeah. What just happened? Yeah. No, you always get that, like, oh, God, please don't, don't grab your knee. Don't grab your knee. Oh, no, he's grabbing his knee. <laughs> like, anything Good but draft, the knee. boy. Yeah, so apparently, though, he's, it was not the knee. It was a hamstring injury, but nonetheless. No, it was the knee in his neck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. It was horrible. It was so funny. <laughs> I was like, what the, 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 no. Barry VA says this is clearly voodoo. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Donculus is what it is. <laughs> so, also, they released on the PC a, the first official game based on the George R. R. Martin universe. Oh, it's yeah. RTS, really? It's an RTS-ish game. It has a large... It's not just moving armies around because the first piece of the game, from what I've read, is all very political. You're sending your envoys to different towns to make alliances. That you're sending spies sense. out. You're spending mm-hmm. out so assassins. It's strategic. It's strategic, and then eventually you get some RTS light. The reviews have been pretty mixed. Um, this was made by a company that. Uh, doesn't have much of a track record at all, so it was kind of surprising that they got Gave picked to, them. to to do this game. Um, plus, it came with one of the most invasive DRM pieces of software oh. ever, Tags, which uh, is yeah. very like like, like you you installed a new calendar program. You must you know re-register your game. I mean, uh. it's very if your computer state changes at all, it it thinks something's up. So Unreal. a lot of yeah. people are very, especially mm. considering it was available on Steam. And it's like, why do I have this if I'm getting it off of Steam? Right. <laughs> so. Steam has its own verification <laughs> system yeah. built yeah. in. But so. also, I mean, at, in, is the last move in every single game session, uh, every single character you liked getting hit yeah. with a bolt of lightning? Exactly. Dying horribly? <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Because then it's based on George R. R. Martin. Right. <laughs> Until then. Uh, it's it's a pretender. I was wondering when you were describing the going out and making alliances yeah. and everything. Is it like that the really ancient game balance of power? Yeah, the, it could be. Where I, the the goal was not to have world war. Yeah, <laughs> where's the fun in that? <laughs> well, the the interesting thing. I mean, the the one concept that I got from it that sounded interesting is that. If you go out and make an alliance, let's say, and somebody subverts the alliance, unless you go and check on it, it never mentions it to you. Oh, so nice. Basically, it says you can go through the game thinking you have all these alliances set up, and these you can think that people have been killed, this, and in the end of the game, you find out none of that was real. Oh, God. You, unless you're sending spies out to verify things are... So what you know, you're saying is, is trust, but verify. Yeah. So... <laughs> It sounds like, especially for a multiplayer game, it's it's kind of like diplomacy, but you know, on a computer oh, format, God. which is interesting. Training your next generation of manager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No you get a knife that points both ways, so you can stab the person in front of you while you defend yourself against the person who's trying to stab you in the back, and yep. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, try not to stab a, yourself. A slightly related note: I finally finished Dance with Dragons. Oh, you're still reading them. You're not waiting for him to finish. No, no, I'll keep reading. Yeah, I don't mind. And any good? Um, I think to when I take now, it, I understand why Feast for Crows happen now a little bit more. Like a lot of the stuff that happens in Dance with Dragons, you kind of go, okay, I see now where he was kind of going with telling me all this boring crap and and why it needed to be one book. Why and really, it's if you take it as one book, those two books, it makes more sense. So and, basically, you were given half a book. Yeah. 
Which is why it sucked. With none of the payoff. You right. basically had a lot of setup with no payoff. And all the payoff came in Dance with Dragons. And Dragons. you got a little bit more of the payoff. Basically, I look at these two books as kind of like Game of Thrones. It's, it's the first three books could be self-contained, and now this is resetting up because you have a whole new set of players. Right. Because so many people would get bumped off yeah. along yeah. the mm-hmm. way that you had, they kind of had to do a reset and said, okay, here's, here's, now, here's all the folks now in power. This is where the power shifted. Here are the people that did and the knifing. And here you go. And so, you know, it's it's good, but I think the next book really will be where it, it takes back off again. But through it all, mm-hmm. there is the imp. Yeah. he's Well, yeah, but, I mean, even his story, <laughs> you're kind of like, you want more. Yeah. You, you just always want a little well, more. he's such an interesting character. Yeah. And you wanted to do less, I don't know. Right. I don't want to spoil anything exactly. from the book. And, you know, especially. TV, TV series. Yeah, God knows and... some people probably just only watch the TV series. So, you know, try not to spoil it. But yeah. obviously, if you've watched the TV series, you know, people can die. So <laughs> Even the ones you thought they were building up to be the continuing character. No, not yeah, so much. Exactly. All right. That brings us neatly to our next break. Uh, I've got some Marion Call queued up for you guys. Um, speaking of Marion Call, we're working with her to do a launch concert for her new album, which releases the 21st of this month. So sometime in the week of the 21st, and we'll, have, of course, have this all announced on the front page, we will do a playthrough of her entire new album, uh, commentated by Marion Call herself, live on the air here at vtwproductions.com. Just watch the normal avenues of announcement, Twitter, Facebook, front page, all those great grand things. Uh, we have one, two, three, yeah, it's actually a fairly long one. Good. Plenty of time for a beverage break. You are listening to Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. We'll be back right after this. Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality of their high-availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW. All the cool kids keep enthusiasm rationed. Right down to the last explosive ounce But I'd rather indulge my many passions Even if my squaritude's a little too pronounced Perhaps I do not strike you as a geek Without the horn-rimmed glasses and knee-high argyle socks But nerdery is more than wardrobe deep And I'm a nerd down in my heart, and that's where nerdhood rocks. I'm better acquainted than a good girl ought to be. With Aragorn and Yosef Bridge and Worf and Hal and Han. But you don't really know me, and my culture don't control me. So don't you pigeonhole me, cause my face is safe to stun. I have been a nerd since long before I could have heard that. Girls should look and act a certain way And I'll still be a geek when I am utterly in 
superpowers draining fun from parties. But if I am a misfit, then I'm in good company with Auden, Austin, Hawking, Galileo, and Van Gogh, and countless other weirdos whom you really ought to know. So stow your expectations. No, I won't fix your PC, and I don't mind being underrated or ignored. The world is much too interesting to entertain ugly, and I won't ever play it cool. So I won't ever once be bored. Oh, I have been a nerd since long before anyone heard that Bev and Scrawny was the latest fashion trend. In art for Dequan's dance groups swept the country, and suddenly old moon boots were Italian haute couture. Time magazine reported that our time had finally come. I guess they didn't know that we already. Julie Harker continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. VTW. I don't know what that I is. Don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So I'm going to take a moment to recommend book club style uh, some stuff that I have read and or listened to lately. Mm. Just finished yesterday, Ernest Klein's new novel called Ready Player One that is of particular moment to our nerd generation. It is uh, heavily based in 80s pop culture, 80s video game culture. It's a very interesting uh, plot that he weaves to, as an excuse to have lots and lots of references from our formative years be major plot points in the, in the book. Oh. It is set in the near future when an immersive MMO. So they've, you know, they've cracked the... The visor that hits neural, your, hit, hit, not yeah. neural, just okay. 
pitch projects the images directly onto your retina, so it's oh, okay. a very convincing immersion and haptic gloves and right. like sensory feedback. Coupled with kind of the economic crash of the entire world. Hmm. So everyone's kind of clustered around cities where energy is available. And everyone's just basically escaping into the oasis, which is the online world. Right. Because the real world sucks so yeah. hard. Yeah. That and it's a dangerous place out there. And they realize, hey, we can just put our entire school system on, in the oasis. So a lot of the, the business and transactions and things that would happen in the real world have moved over into this virtual world. And the main story item is the one of the creators of the Oasis dies, and he was you know reclusive. Um, Gee, why? I wonder why. <laughs> eh, whatever, Howard Hughes style. <laughs> yeah, nerdy guy. Is he living in the net now? No, no, no. Nothing so obs- weird as that. Mm-hmm. Just has a. Someone is raiding my Cheetos. Yes, she's been raiding your Cheetos since you brought them. Yeah. Hand appears under my monitor, goes into my bowl, Ugh. and sneaks off with Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. You're pretty. <laughs> anyway. For not bringing me my own bowl. <laughs> Another <laughs> husband failed today. One That's of the... two. <laughs> Shut your mouth, woman. <laughs> One of the creators of the Oasis dies, and in his will... Puts basically his entire holding in the company, you know, $260 billion worth of stuff, controlling mm-hmm. interest in the company, up for grabs for anyone who can find the Easter egg that he has hidden in the game. Yeah. And, of course, leaves a whole mess of clues and right. guides mm. and things. And, but you know, he, this character grew up in the 80s and grew up playing Atari 2600 and all in television and yeah. Commodore VIC-20 and nice. Commodore 64 and all that. So it's all... Rooted in that, so this whole culture of people searching for you know the ultimate Easter egg, study his upbringing, study eighties culture, and so the whole thing is laced with all these references that people like us are of course going to get. Sure, right. So movie references, television shows, yeah. books, video games, all that stuff are major plot devices in this book because well that's just how it was designed exactly right. to be that a vehicle for delivering. Uh, slightly warmed over pop culture references. Hmm. And really well written. A lot of fun. Um, cool. Good, easy read. If you go for the Audible version, uh, read by Mr. Will Wheaton. Oh, nice. Which is kind of interesting because he, he is mentioned by name in the book, so it's <laughs> fun for him to read him about himself. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> We're talking about the, the, the Oasis elections. And they're saying, of course, I, I voted for Will Wheaton and Cory Doctorow because they've always, you know, kept things running smoothly here in the Oasis. <laughs> we'll just reelect them again for the twentieth year in a row or something. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What? It was fun. That's awesome. I just imagine Will Wheaton reading about Will. That's fairly meta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Will Wheaton reads about Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. But I mean, it's <laughs> universe collapse. Out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the pictures small... of Will Wheaton wearing the Will Wheaton regressive yes. shirt? Yeah. <laughs> Will Wheaton what? He has a shirt. A T-shirt of a picture of himself standing like this, with uh-huh. and on the picture on the shirt of the guy is another one. It's basically this regression. Oh, okay. So when Will Wheaton wears that shirt and stands like this, it's the infinite regression of Will Wheaton's. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, and it's three oh. Wheaton Moon too. And then all and three Wheaton Moon is completely <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then all you have to do basically is make sure you get a photo of him wearing his his infinite shirt and um, it's been done. And his don't be a dick cloak. <laughs> the dick cloak. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't look it up, kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, please don't search for that on the web. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. 
Moving on. Um, it's also rooted deeply in MMO culture, so it's right up our alley as far as all the, the references. Mm-hmm. For, Very cool. It's the extension of what an MMO would look like going forward yeah. if it had technologies like this. Um, it's an Eve-style universe where it's basically an infant universe where people can code their own planets. Oh, okay. Um, computing problems, you know, scalability dealt yeah. with. Hmm. So just kind of your, your wet dream of what an MMO could and should be. Hmm. Uh, both, you know, and you can move from territory to territory within the Oasis. And it's, you know, technology works here, magic doesn't. Technology doesn't work here, magic does. Or technology and magic work here. And just people designing worlds, you know, you know, there's the Zork world. Right. <laughs> nice. Yes, the University of Gallifrey Fighting Time Lords. <laughs> that is Shark is that Shark Attack, right? Sharksplode. Sharksplode.com. Geeky t shirts, junk and whatever. Yeah, good source for nerdy t shirts. So I highly recommend that everyone here present and everyone within the sound of my voice go forth and fetch either the audible.com version or Kindle and or Dead Tree edition of Ernest Klein's Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. And read it now. Cool. Do it now. Uh, I'm next up after now that uh, now that No Mind well, is on done. Our, it's on so. our Kindle account, so go for I it. I know. I'll get there. Finishing the one I bought yesterday. Also, uh, based on our exposure to him at Woodstock 3.0, I went out and grabbed the first two books uh, in the King Killer series from Patrick Rothfuss. Mm-hmm. He of the It's a Fish uh, right. fame. Right. Mm-hmm. And turns out his number one bestseller position was well-earned. Oh, okay. Um, good sword and sorcery style universe. Mm-hmm. Um, fun from the standpoint of he has various systems of magic that make logical sense. And it actually takes time to explain because part of the story is young man learning these things at the university. Right. Um, so it's not just, you know, and then magic happened. It's <laughs> here's what scientists would have come up with if the world had magic that worked. Yeah. Not dissimilar to uh, Piers Anthony in the Incarnations of Immortality series on right. a pale horse and all that. Yep. Where he had postulated awesome a world series. Mm-hmm. where magic and technology grew up side by side. And we figured out the rules of both. Similarly, this is a... Middle Ages style culture, mm-hmm. and they have their university where they have wor- are working out the rules of how the different kinds of magic work. So there's sigildry and there's sympathy, and, these, and it's kind of fun, well-told story. It's all told in flashback form, so you kind of meet the hero of the story in his later years, and apparently he's a very infamous figure at that point who's essentially living in hiding. Right. And guy who whose whole purpose in life is to chronicle things and write yeah. histories, finds him, figures out who he is, and corners him and says, I would like your story, please. Right. And he finally says, Bass, okay, fine. Let me, let me get my real story down because the, the tales people tell about me are so you know, inflated beyond belief. Mm-hmm. So this is you know, the design of the storytelling is him telling this chronicler, here's how it really was. Hmm. And the author has set it up of day one and day two so far. Basically, the first day of him telling this guy and, and then the second day of him telling him. It's just basically different stages of his early life. And the interesting thing is the author seems to have kind of caught himself in a corner a little bit with the whole day one, day two, day three format. Yeah. Because the second book was really freaking long. Oh, yeah. Really? 
because I think he got caught in that there's all these things he wanted to have happen to the character, and then realized, well, the way I've set this up, I've got to fit this all into one day's worth of storytelling. Right. So it just kind of goes on and on. It's really good, yeah. but it's, it's easily one and a half times as long as the first book. Oh. Um, but still, very entertaining, very well written. Understand why it did the whole number one bestseller thing. So the first book in the series is escaping me at this point. I just finished the second book, which was uh, The Wise Man's Fear. Hmm. Ah, name of, the Name of the Wind is the first book in the series. Uh, so The Name of the Wind and then a, The Wise Man's Fear by Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, excellent, excellent reads. Uh, second did one you in, get those on uh, Audible or did you get them on Kindle? I have those on Audible. Okay. And the, and the reason I didn't switch to Kindle because the performer doing the enacting and the reading of the book, and this one was a particularly fine example of the breed, um, does a really, really good job. Uh, so I just, once I started with Audible, I'm like, uh, as long as the same guy is reading it for the second one, I'm sticking with it because he brings hmm. a lot to yeah. the story. So if you have an Audible account, grab it there. I highly, highly recommend it. If you don't have an Audible account, we can do a plugity plug McPlugster. Just go to the front page of vtwproductions.com, click on the Audible ad on the side of the page. If you enroll, we get monies. And so we can stay on the air and keep doing these things. So if you've never used Audible before, it's really cool. And if you want to sign up, USA or Canada, front page of our site gets you your first book for free. As long as you're not already a subscriber or from right. the Union of Europa. Mm. Why? So, you, we talked about three books yes. in this segment. Two from one series, one standalone. Say them again because people are asking in IRC. What the, are the three titles and the authors? Ernest Klein is the author of the first book I spoke about, and the name of the book is Ready Player One. Okay. And Patrick Rothfuss, R-O-T-H-F-U-S-S, is the author of The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear. And that's in the King, King Killer. Killer King Killer series, yeah. um, which is. And if you don't like catching up to authors, don't start reading King Killer yet, because he ain't done yet, and he takes a goodly amount of time between books apparently. But apparently, he, because he's writing this enormous tome, yeah, was why this particular one took so long. Um, so you might want to wait until he finishes up without dying. Mm-hmm. Damn you, Zelazny. Um, yeah, <laughs> he was so good. I still, I still I, angry I, about. I'm still bitter. I still call that pulling a Zelazny. Um, yeah, oh yeah. And I re- literally will not. I, I try to avoid getting into series. Either they're going to pull an, a Martin and go away and go off the grid for years at a time, yeah. and then return and maybe kind of sort of write half a book, or they die. And if Jordan, you know, had had not started to suck as hard as he did. Um, you might have been caught. I might by have. Him. I might have felt. Well, I was caught by him. I just, I just left left him behind before he died. Right. But <laughs> had he kept my interest, he would have died. He would have pulled his elasney on me. So yeah. If you are of the type that doesn't like to read series that might never get completed, right. You might want to hold off. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when, when Patrick Rothfuss might get hit. Well, you, can, you can make the argument about uh, the Butcher, the Dresden series, isn't completed oh, as well. Oh, right. man. So. Yeah, stay healthy. Jim. But luckily, stay, those yeah, are at least Jim. those books tend to be more self-contained. Less you so can, the further you go. Yeah. But, the, I mean, there's an arcing story. But at least you can get away with reading one. You don't feel like if it ended, like if he passed away today, you know, God right. forbid, I wouldn't feel as bad as I do about Zelazny, where right. it's just like, no, you ah! left so much open for me. <laughs> 
And then you read those little short stories he did. Where, like, he, where he was, oh, my God, that sounded like it was going in such a cool place. Yeah. And Courts yeah. of Chaos, man, we never got to see the Courts of Chaos. Damn no. it. Oh, Damn you. Yeah. Really so, sad. But anyway, um, but the Ernest Klein book, self-contained, single issue, cool. easy read, fun, fun, plowed through it in a couple of days on the Kindle. Yeah. Loved it. Good. Um, also, that's today's call-in topic for next segment is uh, advice from you guys as to what I should read next. Yeah. Um, whatever you've read recently, whatever you feel is a must-have in the old uh, I have one for nerd you. library, hit me. Uh, it was a recommendation, actually, from um, Dave, uh, uh, Brain Freeze. Okay. Recommendation from Brain Freeze. And uh, he suggested it to me. I will suggest it to you. It is actually, it's one of those books that was written for children or young adults. So he avoided it and avoided it and avoided it because he was really, really afraid that he was. Teen it, angst. He was, well, no, he was really afraid that he was going to read 300 pages of someone going, ah, oh, over a vampire. Um, he sparkled. So, <laughs> so instead, the book is called The Hunger Games. Oh, heck yeah. I've and read those. I've heard it's a, it's a fabulous, that's what he said. He Being said developed it was as a, a movie, even as we speak. Absolutely mm-hmm. fabulous series. And he was moving on to World War Z. Ah. Um, ah. So this was a recommendation he's reading in reverse order. So, um, Although to from let the you authors. know, The Hunger Games is more like Harry Potter. Yep. It's actually for a younger audience, yep. but translates really well to an older audience. Right. So it translates well for adults, but yes. it is designed for uh, uh, young teens. Yes, exactly. Strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. <laughs> um, but it is really good. All three books are Everything really, I've heard has been really yep. good, yeah. uniformly positive about it. And and I'm, I'm going to buy them anyway, so we might as well just put them on the list. And Amazon thanks you start. for keeping their lights on. Yes. Single-handedly. But I'm not bitter. <laughs> I read a lot. A lot. <laughs> Get me playing Bioshock yeah. and I'll stop reading as much. Well, imagine <laughs> what our go. bookshelves would look like if we didn't have a Kindle. Exactly. I yeah. actually want to replace, I, I don't want to replace them by rebuying them, but I want to clean out the bookshelves mm-hmm. and yeah. move to electronic. A lot of good donation everything. opportunities for books as well. So, yeah, that works. Right, we have no shortage of possible material. Um, my recommendation would be Otherland. It's a self contained four book series by Tad Williams. Oh, yeah. uh, Tad it Williams. was really well done and it. Didn't he do Tales Chaser's song? Was that he, Tad Williams? I don't know. This is the only series I've ever read by okay. from, and it was recommended to me, and it, it involves kind of like the uh, a Ready Player One book. It involves a, except this case, it's actually neural interfaces with an online okay. persistent. There's an element that there's gaming, there's online, you know, for productivity, mm-hmm. There's and then there's a lot of quasi sci-fi thrown in i mean even more so on top of that but and done in a believable way it's four books they're very interesting it follows different characters in settings you normally don't uh, one of the main characters uh, a guy and a girl are in off the coast of africa and one of them is a native uh from africa and the other one is one who's grown up in the cities but they get involved in this huge conspiracy that's going on affecting the world from these large corporations that have kind of taken control of the internet but it's a really well done four book series that uh one of the one and it's really other land other land is the name of the tad series. williams yeah tad williams okay one of the really fun aspects of ready player one is the versus the corporate entity aspect because of course as soon as the contest was announced well, uh, if we get this, we get controlling interest in the biggest company in the world, it's like being given Microsoft, mm-hmm. um, competing company sets up team of experts 
to try and solve the riddles. And so you have the regular players versus the corporate drones. Nice. So you can see how you know MMO players would just oh we are so and there's, they set up plenty of opportunities for them to clash uh, mm-hmm. and it's freaking epic and just <laughs> you just oh that sounds phenomenal yes I mean so, so the, you know the bad guys are, are definitely the the competition from the faceless corporate where if they win the controlling interest they're going to start because the Oasis free to access it's open source okay they make their money with microtransactions so. You can play the game all you want, but you can't travel significantly without buying credits. Ah. So there's an economy there for you know where they, the company makes their real money. But as far as accessing it, using it for things like public education, right, all free. Oh, cool. So you know, corporate entity wants to come in and start charging a monthly access fee to improve the service. You know, all, right. all the crap. Of so it's, you know, lifted directly from today's. Sure. But it was, uh, it was the climactic. Uh, conflict between mm. effectively the hordes of regular right. players who have been searching for the Easter egg and the corporate uh, drones was very well done. Hmm. It's hmm. worth, worth reading the whole book just for that section. Wow. And that's all I will say about that. All right. There's, there's <laughs> so much there I'm not telling you. Yeah, of course. Really makes of course. it even more awesome. Yeah. Nice. There's... there's Worlds of awesomeness there. So that's the call-in segment is book recommendations yes. for uh, Gnome and Iolite. And then uh, when we're there, I have we did get an email they want us to read out when we get there. Excellent. Yay. Now we have research thread. Must give credit out. Yes. The new and improved visible to everyone research thread. Woo-hoo. A child board of the Casually Hardcore Forum on the Versus the World Forums. Contributors this week to the... Piglet and Pooh drink some tea, Earl Grey, hot edition. I love that. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Aid, Deus Ex, who has changed from his Richard Hammond icon to, um, God, what's his name? Uh, the other guy. <laughs> the not James May guy from, from Top Gear. Anyway, um, Fangs. <laughs> <clears throat> Deus Ex, Fangs. Boba Fetish. Boba Fetish. Boba Fetish. Silmol. And Silmol, again, thank you for your contributions to the research thread this week. And let's see. Ah, yes. The Ig Nobel Prize is this week. What's that? The Ig Nobel Prize. Oh, yeah, yeah. Correct. It is a an annual prize given out to right. the most ridiculous or obvious use of research dollars um, in the past year. So the Nobel Prize is all about you know, the greatest advancements in different categories. Right. Ignoble is all about, why the hell were you studying that? <laughs> I, I could have told you that for free, basically. Right. As, as an example, we have winners include chemistry, a team from Japan for determining the ideal density of airborne wasabi, pungent horseradish, to awaken sleeping people in case of a fire or other emergency, and for applying this knowledge to invent the wasabi alarm. That's awesome. In medicine, an international team for demonstrating that people make better decisions about some kinds of things, but worse de- decisions about other kinds of things when they have a strong urge to urinate. <laughs> <laughs> and in biology, an Australian, Australia-based team for discovering that a certain kind of beetle mates with a certain kind of Australian beer bottle. Okay. Oh, wow. That's This is the ignoble prizes. <laughs> 
Okie dokie, then. And there is a video link there that Barry VA can share with the chat room, and we will include in the show notes as per usual. Uh, so, yeah, the ignoble prizes honor achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. <laughs> On improbable.com. It's like an afternoon special. <laughs> and now you laugh, know. and then we're, we're going to cry. We're going to think, think about it, too. <laughs> I learned something today. <laughs> there are tons of Schoolhouse Rock references in, in Ready Player I'm One, sure. by the way. <laughs> Interjection. Anyway. What? <laughs> okay, so here's an interesting one. Spanish scientists have tested a vaccine for the AIDS virus, for HIV, and have found it to be 90% effective. Yeah. So this is not the same team that has cured, which they had to basically do the same kind of radical radiation therapy on someone who has leukemia, where they basically kill all their bone marrow. Right. And then transplant mm-hmm. it. Well, they did that, and they cured someone of HIV by accident. <laughs> this one is actually a vaccine to stop you from getting it in the first place. Uh-huh. So researchers at the Spanish Superior Scientific Research Council. Now, let's just stop and read that name again. The Spanish Superior Scientific Research Council. That's awesome. They They're... feel really proud. <laughs> yes. We are superior. Super superior. <laughs> yeah, you think the next team that formed, we're the mega super superior yeah. science <laughs> research team. Of awesome. Of awesome. <laughs> and win. <laughs> have successfully completed phase one human clinical trials of an HIV vaccine that came out with top marks after 90% of volunteers developed an immuno- immunological response against the virus. Wow. The MVAB vaccine draws on the natural capabilities of the human immune system and has proven to be as powerful as any other vaccine currently being studied or even more, says Mariano Esteban, head researcher from CSICs. And there's a advertisement popping up on my page. Damn you, Gizmag.com! <laughs> Research from CSIC's National Biotech Center. Cool. See, I mean, I've had, heard comedians doing bits about the day that the 100% effective vaccine is announced and distributed, what kind of sex is going to go down on that day? What kind of s- sex is going to go down <laughs> on that day? Anyone who was repressed by, by fear of cage, catching HIV, woohoo! You, Give me the shot. Give me the shot. If you, if you Give can't me the get laid that day, you are <laughs> never getting laid. <laughs> Duct tape and monkeys. Oh. That's where it's going. <laughs> it's just wrong, dude. I'm sorry. Back up the truck. <laughs> I'm just selling you. What? <laughs> yep. That's going to be involved. I, my, yep. my, my brain not following you. Where you're I know, but t- once you get the shot, you know. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, bring them on. <laughs> Blood tests during the 48th week revealed that 85% of the patients maintained the memory T lymphocytes immune response. So after a year, 48 weeks, um, pretty much, you know, like 11 months, um, 85% of the patients were still had the immunocytes in their system. So here's hoping. Good, good. We'll see. We'll take it. So, from, so now, now from, they're going to test it and see if it's therapeutic. Sorry. From the land of, God damn it, George. God damn it, George. Steven Spielberg regrets altering E.T. George <laughs> Lucas may want to keep tweaking Star Wars, but another big director regrets messing with his masterpiece. Steven Spielberg said at a recent event that he wishes he hadn't altered E.T. when he re-released it in 2002. 
Speaking for myself, you know, I tried this once and I lived to regret it, Spielberg said about when asked about Lucas's upcoming Star Wars DVD release at an anniversary screening of Raiders of the Lost Ark. He explained his regret was not because of fan outrage, but simply because I was disappointed in myself. Spielberg has said he caved to parents' groups about movie details, like Elliot saying penis breath, or the guns. He also mentioned doing some facial enhancements for E.T. So if you haven't paid attention, the, the DVD re-release of mm-hmm. E.T., they edited that particular piece of dialogue, which I thought was actually fairly hilarious. One brother calling the other one penis breath, which is exactly what you know 12 and 16-year-old kids would do. Uh, and do every day yes. if you live near them. And changing all of the guns that the secret agents were holding into radios. I know, that was so dumb. And now the creator who ordered those changes thinks that way, too. So there is hope for Hollywood in the form of Steven Spielberg. And I just repeat, God damn it, George. Exactly. Yeah. Leave it alone. It was good before you touched it. Even I, I don't even mind that he wants to alter the hell out of it. But he's denying fans access to the unedited versions. Yeah. Which you is cannot not good. get the right. original release Star Wars on DVD. Right. Yeah. It simply will, and as far as George is concerned, will never exist. Yeah. Every time he puts out an iteration in his mind, the previous version ceases to yeah, exist. It's right. Dead. He has perfected it more. So now you, I only get to show you the, the more perfect version. And Which the, is horrible. Yeah. And I hadn't realized the amount of tampering and, and the different iterations because I've seen comparisons between the original special edition Star mm-hmm. Wars where they like inserted Jabba the Hutt back into right. Star Wars A New Hope and with the new release they've re-rendered it all and made it com- completely different really yeah the comparisons of the Jabba and they, they absolutely have improved yeah and made it look more consistent with the other Jabba's we've seen in Phantom Menace and right. the original Return of the Jedi but the man just can't leave it alone um, now, apparently, the one thing that may get me to buy the Blu-ray at some point is all the bonus materials. I mean, they've, they've unearthed all the really, really mm-hmm. freaking obscure stuff. Like the little bits. You know, there was a, a bigger storyline on Tatooine in the original story where he met up with his buddy Biggs Darklighter. And you saw Luke hanging out with his friends who didn't think much of him. So he, he kind of played up the downtrodden youth angle. Yeah. Mm. Um, but... I don't know. The main, I, I would probably watch only the bonus materials and would never watch the movies and I just can't justify the money for that. Yeah, yeah. I can't see buying those at all. I can watch and them. I love YouTube. Star Wars, but yeah. I don't think I would. Nope. Oh, well. Not going to happen. Yep. Too sad. All right. That brings us break to it. our final break. A little more Marion Call for you. In preparation for our concert later in the month. My God, it's October. When did that happen? Jeez. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's my favorite month. Really? Yes. Halloween, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Hello. Nothing she really likes more than dressing up. That's right. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. You are listening to Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. We shall return to the airwaves right after this. Just you put that gun away All 
Johnson here from frogpants.com and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. And Casually Hardcore cruises into its final segment today, the first weekend of October, which you've learned is Dax's favorite month. Yes. Do tell Miss Cosplay. Octoberfest. <laughs> I don't cosplay, but I do go to a lot of costume parties. <laughs> No, yeah, Halloween's awesome. So everybody gets to dress up and act like a child without being talked smack to. Talk smack <laughs> to. Talk smack to. Being arrested. Without being arrested. There you go. <laughs> Your yeah. evening won't necessarily end with officer the cuffs are hurting me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Ooh, got so. a caller already. Dang it. All I do is log into Skype. Oh, my gosh. Well, hopefully I have this set up correctly. Hello, you're on Casually Hardcore. Who's calling? True. True. What up? 
Very much. Demon and Freedom. Oh, lovely. Skynet. Now, are these two books, Demon and then Freedom is the second book? Who's the author? You would ask me that. (laughs) You want to know who wrote it? We're having a breakdown. We're having a breakdown. We're having a breakdown. We're having a breakdown. Say again. Daniel Suarez. Excellent. So in the same... So they can't hear the caller, by the way, no. Really? Yeah. That's what they're saying. What have I done wrong there? What did you do? <laughs> it's like you're playing with their minds. Now we're echoing. Oh, now we're seriously echoing. Mm-hmm. Stand by. I had this backwards. Ah. Two goes into one. <laughs> Tab A goes into slot B, and suddenly you can hear the caller, I bet. Do speak, caller. This is a test. This is only a test. Please identify yourself to the listening audience, caller, now that they can actually hear you. <laughs> uh, this is true. And I feel me bouncing this time because I don't suck as hard this time. And we will fix it in post. (laughs) None of this ever happened. Ignore the time warp. I would like to point out that Gnome says he doesn't suck as hard. (laughs) I regret this. I miss it. He needs to fix that. I regret nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Just going back to the top of the show, I hate... Oh. All of you, so bloody much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so to recap, now that they can actually hear you, what book, what books were you uh, recommending? Uh, Demon and its sequel, Freedom TM, by Daniel Suarez. It's very similar to Ready Player One in the fact that it is a, uh, a multi-millionaire Howard Hughes game designer dies, but instead of leaving behind a contest, he leaves back a slightly homicidal artificial intelligence program, which wants to change the world. Change the world. Air, air quotes. Hmm. Change. <laughs> Because Lord knows humans aren't capable of taking yeah. care of things. Thank you for the um, recommendation, True. I'm going to summarily hang up on you to free up the line for future callers. Thank you. All right, so okay. since he was very much on top of the game, but for those of you who may not know how to call in, using Skype, the show, excuse me, the Skype address is VTW Shows. You can also go to the front page of vtwproductions.com, look in the lower right-hand corner, and you will see the I'm Online link. And if you have Skype installed, you can simply click on that link, and it will dial us automagically. Okay. We have an email with a book suggestion, unless someone else wants to read it. it. Hit it. Uh, The book suggestions, first this came in from David, um, were Hexed, Hounded, and Hammered, three books. Interesting. By Kevin Hearn. And then it says .com. I'm not sure if that's a joke or not. Tricked is the fourth book. Hammered is the third book. Check bookstores online for the series order. I came across Hammered and read it to find that I had read the last book first. Oops. Um, Fell in love with this book. If you play World of Warcraft, you will love this series. Hmm. Characters are Atticus O'Sullivan. Last known Druid alive and the life he's leading by knowing the gods and running into them. Highly suggested. That's the recommendation there. Excellent. Cool. So. We have a uh, caller on the line from over the hills and far away. Who's calling? I refuse to acknowledge that I am from far away. You are from far away. No. (laughs) We are from close nearby. You are from far, far away. Mm -hmm. Own it. Love it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I I am right here. I mean, I can see myself. I can't see any of you. You're hallucinating. Clearly, you're a hallucinating woman. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Hello, Pusar. How are you? I am fine. I am a bit tired because it's, as usual, very late. I, I don't use Arabic don't understand earlier. your strange moon time. I don't know why you don't just synchronize with the real time here in Arizona. Because you're on, on crazy moon time and we don't use crazy moon time over here in the real world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the old world. Anyway. The real world. <laughs> what is your recommendation today, Pusar? I will recommend the Necroscope series by Brian Lumley. Necroscope by Brian Lumley. What style of book is that? Uh, it claims to be a horror, but that can be discussed. It's it's a good score- story. It's uh, an alternate reality where we have vampires and psychers and ooh. Do the vampires nice. glitter in sunlight? They do not glitter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Then I can read then this Then maybe we'll be okay reading it. Are they oversexed? <laughs> Because that would be my actually. I think I've seen. I think I've read three sex scenes so far, and two of them, the poor girl got killed afterwards. Hmm. Vampires. That's kind of their mo. That's hot. hot. (laughs) And right now, I. The funny story is that I'm actually. I've loaned this series from one of my teachers at school. We more or less share the same taste in books, and this book is well read. And it was printed in 1990. The dark, that's an deep old past of the 1990s. Don't you dare say that that's an old <laughs> book because it was written in 1990. <laughs> Got you. Uh-huh. Were you even alive back then? <laughs> Actually, I know where you live. I had only just started elementary school. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. 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 That's some fake cheese. <laughs> that is oh. all because you live in the crazy moon time. Why did I answer this call again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? Thank you for your input, Pusar. We duly considered with all. <clears throat> Moving right along. Thank you. And I'm going to hang up on you now. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. 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 We have uh, we have a couple more emails and another book suggestion that came Ooh. in on via email. Bring it on. What, Do you have what? someone uh, queued up? I, I have them on the line, but we will not acknowledge their presence yet until after you're done with your email. So do tell. What does okay. the email have to say to us? Uh, this is from Joe underscore Marquis, formerly Human Mage from the Knights of the Raven, Guild, of, Guild on Moonguard US. Um, just wondering if you intend to pick up the novelization of the short story A Beautiful Friendship by David Weber. It's supposed to be the start of a new young adult series set around Stephanie Harrington's adventures on Sphinx. Um, the Bain website has some interesting bits of additional material, um, in particular a letter from Stephanie Harrington. Also, I'd like to know your opinions on the new HH books from Audible Frontiers, and that is Honor Harrington series, which I think is another young Young uh, mm-hmm. reader series. Also, are you as excited as I am for a Rising Thunder next year? Another recommendation would be Pattern Recognition by William Gibson. Um, it's set in the present day, and I guess you could call it an internet mystery. In fact, I'd say it's a contemporary mystery novel. Again, William Gibson. So there's a few recommendations actually um, from See, Gibson for me is always Joe been hit or miss. Mm. I mean, Neuromancer loved Mona Lisa Overdrive. Meh. Okay. Um, so I guess I'd give that a try, hoping that it's a hit rather than a miss. Yeah. 
Okay. You're recording all these duly on the uh, big sheet O virtual paper, my love? Yes, I am, so that I can send them to you. Now, Um, creeping in through the intertubes and listening over our shoulders via the miracle of Skype and virtual audio cables, thank you for calling Casual Hardcore. Who are you? Hey there, Gnome. It's uh, Boba here. Boba Fetish. <laughs> you just called so I could say the name Boba Fetish. Of you? course I did. That's the only reason why I do research for you guys, just for you to say it every week. Yeah, it makes my <laughs> life. <laughs> His links don't actually go anywhere. <laughs> he just posts Damn it, you found me out. <laughs> Boba Fetish, what is your recommendation this week? Uh, actually, I got two for you. Uh, one is a set of books by uh, Jane uh, Linkscold, and it, the first one is Through Wolf's Eyes. It's a fantasy book about a woman and her uh, companion who's actually a smart wolf, and they can communicate with each other. Excellent. Cool. So say the title again. Uh, the first one is uh, Through Wolf's Eyes. True Wolf Size? Through. Through Wolf Size. Yep. Through Wolf's Eyes. eyes. I'm eyes. like, I can't get this. What? <laughs> Thank you, Skyped Artifact. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's, who's the author? Uh, Jane Lincoln Scold. I'll put it in chat for you. Excellent. Uh, we'll put them in, not we'll sure of course put all these things in the show notes last name. enjoy. And the other one, Lincoln's if you're guy. really into something heavy, Steven Erickson. And that's his uh, Mazatlan Book of the Fallen Fallen set. Book of the Fallen. Mazatlan. And it's a very heavy set, Lord of the Rings style. Really? Yeah. Hmm. See, I haven't done battle with a series of that magnitude. Ooh. I guess Fears of Calderon qualifies. Not quite as dense as uh, Tolkien or Donaldson. You mean in terms just of length or length and just in you know, the the impenetrable nature or the just the depth of world? I mean, you consider Tolkien wrote whole volumes that he never intended to be published. Right, the Silmarillion. The Sil- Silmarillion was, yeah, Silmar- was basically he wrote it for himself. Right, right. So he could understand the backstory thoroughly, so that when he actually wrote the Fellowship of the Ring, that he could just pepper it with references to all these things that he understood all kinds of details about yeah. so that when he laced them into the story, they felt natural because, well, this is how he, he, he considered himself the historian of Middle-earth, just telling the history. And he actually bothered to write all the notes and everything about the history that was there before he wrote the story in the universe. Now, your average author these days, probably not quite that committed. Yeah. Um, or needing and, to be committed. And definitely Steven Erickson is one of those that is committed nowadays. Okay, so he's on I that think, level of, oh my God, Yeah, what were you they've thinking? got an entire game system based on his background material alone. Alrighty then. <laughs> so, I'll brace myself before descending upon something like that. Yeah, I think there's about uh, nine or ten books, and I think the shortest one is about 1,200 pages. <laughs> Merely. Oof. Okay, then. Just yeah. keeping it in mind. I'm, I'm hearing audiobook in my future. <laughs> That's what I you figured. Do, you do drive a lot. So. Yes. Thankfully, thank you, Audible. You keep me sane while I drive around. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Boba Fetish, for calling in with your suggestions. I'm now going to summarily and unceremoniously hang up on your ass. <laughs> what? I have the power. I want to wield it, damn it. Boom! I don't have a lot of stuff like this in my life, okay? Boom, baby. Let me have this. <laughs> you should DM. I know. <laughs> what can I say? Sounds like you've got the right attitude that for sounds it. sounds like a damn fine idea. Oh, yeah. Let me think about that. Mm. Mm. 
I ha- there are uh, a couple of emails still sitting out okay. there, but they're not book suggestions. That's fine. Bring forth an email. Okay. It is a good segment for such things. This first one is from David. David. Um, and he says, hey, guys. Hi, hey, guys. Hi, hey. guys and gals. I'm not sure what part of the show you're up to because I can't listen in at the moment, Don't. but I hope I'm in before the emails and shout outs. I just wanted to say thanks for the awesome show and I listen to the podcast as soon as I can every week. Unfortunately, my internet situation won't allow live streaming down here in Australia. Australia, Australia, Australia. Australia. We love you. Amen. Could I please get a shout out to my beautiful wife, good husband, who is starting her new job this morning, Monday morning here at the flagship retail store of our biggest telecommunications company down here, Telstra. Hello, beautiful wife. And to me as well, as I'm starting work in the same company's call center later this week. God help you. Um, again, love the show, and could I pretty c- please hear a penis drop in? Oh, Thanks. my. I think we can. We have uh, several varieties of those, don't we? <laughs> of penis drop-ins? <laughs> uh, let's... That shows you the quality of the show. <laughs> does, we have multiple yep. choices. Multiple choices for penis drop-ins. <laughs> well, I mean, there's class. penis. Oh, look at that. And let's see. Twins, Basil. Twins. Not really, no. Oh, they took my freaking kidney. No, no. Wrong, wrong organ. Uh, that'll make you want to touch me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Silence! Oh, Moving right along. So, do you have another email? Or I have another yeah. email. Hit it. Go ahead. So I have one. Uh, that says, hey, Casuals, longtime stalker, first-time writer, just writing in to see, uh, to say what a great show you have. and We have that- our own stalker? Ah, we do. Yes. yes. We've and graduated. I know. And that I can be, and that I can be brought, hence the reason, I think bought. Hence yeah. the reason I lobbed some money in the tip jar. Thank and you. And I really don't feel that cheap about it. Really, I don't. I don't know. What is he trying to say here? Don't call us. Really, I don't. Oh, period. If I was Ah, still able. Okay. If I was still able to review. Yeah, it was just a little odd there. To leave reviews on iTunes, your show would be a five-star review. Please don't ask me why I can't leave reviews. I don't know for sure. I suspect it stems from another podcaster who I mock a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, somehow used his dark powers to block my reviews while claiming total innocence and blaming it on my lack of grammar. But I can't be sure. Anyway, I'd like to admit to a nerd. To a nerd squeal last week that I heard my name be spoken on the podcast and that I agree I shall never be as awesome as Boba Fetish or Barry Von Awesome or his beard. I only speak, Reginald. I only speak of the beard out of sheer awe and respect, and it has nothing to do with the fact that I can't spell its true name. <laughs> 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 have, any, have you read any of Monster Hunter International books by Larry Cor- Correa? Correa? Nope. Um, the main character makes me think of Gwen. Hope you all have a great show and many more after them. See ya. And then that says, P-U, uh, P.S. Did you hear how Oz is selling Terminators to America? A.U.S. It's Australia. Um, and it, this is from Gary. It, I wonder if this is the gentleman who, who introduced me to Dead Island. Entirely possible. Because yeah. Possibly. He, Another Australia. He's the big G. Yeah. And I was talking about him. And as soon as I said, I said that he had introduced me to it. Um, he sent out a tweet saying that he had just nerd squeed and that now his customers won't look him in the eye. Excellent. You're clearly doing it right now. So I was like, ooh, sorry. <laughs> now, quietly, when no one was paying attention, Reginald joined us on the air. So, Reginald, how do, you, how, how do you feel about that reference? Uh, glorious. 
I thought, isn't it time to end the show? <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> Are you Hell feeling you love? miserable prick. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, you ignorant slut. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm I'm bitter. You know, four weeks of Viking collapses. <laughs> oh. Again, I didn't even watch the Fuck. game today. I didn't. I just said no. And I, I I saw the final score and went, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yet to yeah, w- watch good. it even. I not just follow it online. So, uh, did you have a book recommendation there, uh, Barry? Uh, no, like usual, I'm calling in to talk about something completely different because I currently shocked I was. I think we should start hanging up on him when he's not when he's hey, not actually going topic. to contribute to the topic. Yeah. I am rereading the Game of Thrones series to catch why? up. Why he's to not done movie. yet? Because I know, it's a good but series. I That's why. So you're yeah, rereading the Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'm on book three right now. Uh, I'm trying to catch up. Uh, I, I've, re- I've read all four of the original first four books, but I'm I'm trying to re- I'm rereading them so I can read book five and actually uh, have a hope of understanding summer. what's going on. Yeah, and be right up right up on it, and ready to go. And uh, I was reading uh, the first book uh, in correlation when the uh, TV show is still on, so I could watch it and then read stuff and be like, oh, okay, that's a little bit different than the way they did it here, but it's a little bit, you know, I can see why they changed that for TV. Now, so what's your, cool. your take on the TV series? How, how did they do? I have not watched it. It's good. I think they did amazing. Mm-hmm. As far from anything I've ever seen adapted from a book into a TV show or a movie, they did. that's probably the best job I've ever seen anyone ever do. It's oh, so true case. to the book, it's ridiculous. And the little things that they changed... Uh, that people on the internet were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you're stupid. That's such an obvious reason why they did that. Just, just to make it yeah. work in, in a yeah. TV environment. And yeah. it was and it was always little things that made like had no greater impact on the story. It's not like, you know... His vest sudden, is clearly supposed to be green. Well, no, yeah. I, I think they did a... Ma- it was one of the best jobs I've ever seen of them taking chapters worth of material and condensing it into a scene. And basically creating a new scene. There's a scene between Cersei and her son Joffrey where she basically, they lay out exactly what she and he is about. Where where she just goes through the whole thing with them. It takes about two, three minutes. And it condensed so much from that Chapters worth of material down into. Well, just little things that you pick up as you go through the story. They just condensed into a scene and said, here it is. This is what this guy's about. And it stayed true. Yeah. They did did the same thing with... uh, uh, Baelish and uh, the, the, uh, the Spider Guy or whatever. They, oh, there was a scene right, yeah. that they put in the show that didn't exist in the in the books, mm-hmm. where they they're in the throne room together, just the two of them, and they have a bunch of dialogue, and it just puts across a bunch of information that you only got peripherally in the right. books from from being around the characters or what other people were thinking about the characters. So but perhaps it, we should be saying, Martin, this is how you do it. Damn it, you don't need. It is how he did it. Though. The He's the producer on the show. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he's learning something. Hopefully. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, he, you know, in the books it works well there as well. It's just you're in the heads of people and right. you can't do, do that, that as easily in a, yeah. in a TV series. Right. right. Without- um, I also wanted to talk about, um, uh, you were talking, no more, you were talking about that book that you were suggesting and how it was a huge contest uh, for all that money. And it made me think of the two season finales for the show Community in which uh, everything is uh, broken down, you know, or they have this huge uh, campus-wide contest uh, f- uh, paintball competition but that uh, has this ridiculous prize uh, both seasons. And that just and they're such great episodes. It's a great show, but they're such great standalone episodes where uh, the entire campus just suddenly goes insane and everyone chooses sides and shoots each other to the, you know to the death match. <laughs> 
Bring it on. Denny's, right on. Denny's is for winners. <laughs> Already. <laughs> if you've never watched Community, you should go back and watch the two paintball episodes. And actually, the second season finale is two episodes, so it's an hour long, and each one is completely uh, themed differently. Uh, it, it's crazy. The first half hour is like a Western theme, and then all of a sudden, um, right at the pivot point, they switch to a Star Wars theme randomly. It's very strange. <laughs> Sounds like right up my alley. It is right up, uh, right up your alley. Random but Star you should, Wars. You should definitely watch the, the first season finale where they have a paintball competition because it's referenced a lot in the fact that, uh, you know, th- at the beginning of the second season finale, they're like, well, you know, the paintball competition last year got really out of hand. It's crazy because in the first season finale, the guy, uh, the main character, one of the main characters says, you know, I'm going to go sleep in my car uh, before class. And he goes away for 15 minutes and comes back. And the entire campus is like turned into like Mad Max. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, this paintball competition was announced and the the prize was uh, number one first pick on any class for the next semester's registration, early registration. You know, and so everyone, of course, in college went absolutely insane over this prize. And it was too big of a prize. So the second season, you know, they started out by saying, you know what, last year's prize was much too big. You know, everyone went crazy and destroyed the campus. And uh, so this year we're going to do something completely different. Well, then uh, and we've got this sponsor for the for the competition. Well, then the sponsor announces that the prize is ten thousand dollars cash. (laughs) It totally turns into a complete Mad Max ensues. Well, then, no, then it turned into a Western theme. And then, uh, and then halfway through it, ter- uh, it sh- it pivots and turns into Star Wars because that uh, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, it does if you watch the show. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, my my approach to watching television has changed because I, I really won't watch seasons when they're in their premiere year because what's the point? And I'll actually wait for a show to get two or three seasons under its belt and then go Netflix or Hulu it to now that I know that it has a future. Because I'm sick and tired of committing time and interest and emotion. <laughs> You're so commitment afraid. I won't read that series if it's not finished. I won't watch a TV show unless it at least has a season under its belt. I've been burned too many times. How did you get married you is what therapy. I want to know. <laughs> okay. Let me just mention, it did take him eight years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> to decide Seven. that he could commit. Where's this really going? <laughs> I mean, really. All right. Uh, yeah, IRC is asking the name of the show. The show is called Community, and it did just start its third season, Gnome, if you want oh, to get there it. You go. It's okay. probably the single most meta TV show you could ever possibly watch. Very Excellent. cool. I uh, shall seek it on Netflix and Hulu. And it's not on Netflix. I hate you. And then get rid of it. I him. would watch it all the time if it was. Hmm. hmm. Netflix and Hulu and Skype. Oh, my. What? Yeah. Woo. All righty then. I am going to hang, hang up on Barry and yeah. Rachel because I have the power. Best power of the show. Power, power. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. The love. Zing. <laughs> the love. Wait, wait, wait. Sheldon. Bazinga. 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 <laughs> All right. I believe we have wrapped this one up. Yep. Now, this week we have the Emperor's Court returning to its regular time slot. Behind us, as as they should be. <clears throat> Please don't kill oh. me. Up. Um, oh, so this oh. what? No, I just went bad places with that. Never mind. He's a very good looking man. I was going to say you mm. like having men behind you. <laughs> She's Emperor really... is a handsome guy, I'll tell you. But I digress. 
Following us, we have the Emperor's Court, your three-hour break from internet porn. And they have chummed the waters a bit with tales of a new host. <gasps> Ooh. There's a new mystery host. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. <laughs> Indeed. So you should probably stay tuned for the Emperor's Court with Emperor Highlander and an unspecified number of additional hosts who may or may not be staying for the duration. <laughs> What? Awesome plug. Thank yes. you. I am I am professional. Something or other. You have been listening to Casually Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio. Check us out on the web, vtwproductions.com. Go to the Shows tab at the top of the page. Check out all the fine shows on the network. An ever-growing list of awesome. You will be glad that you did. I have been Gnomewise. I've been Iolite. I've been Dexter. And I've been Grail. And we are the hell out of here. Bye-bye, radio people. The bomba did a 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 bomba did a